A Jewish movement called Back to the Temple Mount is calling for the sacrifice of a Passover lamb on the Temple Mount tomorrow. They are even offering financial compensation to anyone who gets arrested trying and even more. Many Christians are pushing for the third temple, but do Christians need a temple in Jerusalem? We'll talk about this and more as we dedicate today's entire show to answering your questions pertaining to Bible prophecy. It's Open Line Thursday. Do you have a question or comment? Join us by calling one 363 8463 We're going to discuss the two things you're not supposed to talk about, politics and religion. Welcome to End of the Age. My name is Vince Stegall. I'm here with Doug Norvell doing a special edition of Open Line. It's on Thursday today because we are closed tomorrow for Good Friday. And so um, today we're opening up the lines. We're going to talk about whatever you would like to talk about. But first, I do need to tell you that we've just launched our brand new lesson. It's called The Future According to Bible Prophecy. There's a lot of people scared about the future Uh, But you don't have to be scared. In the Bible, God gave us a timeline of events from the beginning all the way through eternity. And as the end approaches, we are going to witness the establishment of the kingdom of the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, unprecedented revival, and so much more. And i got to tell you that you have the ability to pinpoint where we are on this timeline. You know, Doug, it's not reserved for special theologians or some TV preacher or whatever. You watching this right now, you listening to this right now, you have the ability to know where we are on that timeline. You can also understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan for the future. So you can get assurance by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. And this month only, we're halfway through April. It's only available for a few more weeks you can pre-order your free copy of The Future According to Bible Prophecy DVD when you give a gift of any amount. The DVD ships in May. So go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME to be one of the first to receive our brand new DVD. We're very excited about this lesson and we hope you'll go to endtime.com slash future. Watch the trailer there. There's a few minutes to show you what it's kind of like. And uh, then it comes out in, um, it ships in May. So be looking for that. We're very excited. And of course, donation of any amount. There's been some people who donate five bucks. That's okay. We're, we're wanting you to pray about it. See what the Spirit's leading you to give. You know, if it's $5, that's perfectly fine. If it's $500, that's perfectly fine as well. We want you to follow the leading of the Spirit. So do that at endtime.com slash future. Let me just... Also, so that it's clear for everybody, because I've gotten a couple of emails about this. Uh That's only for that DVD. That's not every DVD we have. It's offered for any gift. It's only this one promotional DVD that we're doing right now, right? That's right. I'm shocked this clarification. Well, apparently it does, because I've had a couple of emails and a phone call about it. 
And so uh, we just want to let you know that that's for that particular DVD. Our other DVDs are, are priced, you know, they're reasonably priced. So well, you know. Why do we even charge for DVDs, Doug? Well, we have to keep the lights on around here <laughs> and the air conditioner going in Texas. you got to have air. You do. So anyway. And it costs money to make these things. Yes, it does. And we Absolutely. make it available for free. This stuff is available for free every single day. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like to prepare a show. You Absolutely. spend all day working on this show. Yes, we get on here for an hour. Yeah. Totally free to the whole world. Can't Five days that a week. Deal. That's a good deal. Every day we're free. TV, <laughs> right. free. Everything, endtime.com. We have so much free stuff available because we want this information out. Absolutely. At the same time, we do make things available for donation. And, um, you know, that does help us pay the bills. And so that's yeah. why we do it. And, um yeah, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. We don't want to guilt you into doing these things. These things will benefit you, right? Um, but we don't want to guilt you, certainly. But today, we're talking about do Christians need a temple in Jerusalem? We're also doing open line because we're closed tomorrow. Yeah. So there won't be a live open line tomorrow. But um, So yeah, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. So if you don't like talking about the temple, and if Christians need a temple in Jerusalem, call about something else, 877-END-TIME, 877 877- Three six three eight four six three. Doug, how quickly do you want to get into this subject? Um, I mean, we might as well get into it as quickly as we can because we may get calls and they want to talk about something else. So, all right. Well, I mean, the thing we do know is there's going to be a physical temple, right? Right. So we have scripture that tells us there's going to be physical temples, a physical temple there, and so this push for this is. Uh, there's a reason why they're doing it. The, the Israeli people, the, the Jewish people, want a third temple built. Okay. Yeah. So what's ha- that mean to me and you? Well, we know that it is prophetic that it's going to happen. And so it's important that we know that because the Bible says there will be a third temple. So when we see these things begin to happen, we understand uh, this is a movement that's moving progressively faster and faster. A year ago, we saw where they were... Uh, inspecting the Temple Mount for some reason, doing like a survey up there. Uh, We also know that they've talked about it within the uh, Abraham Accords that were, uh, you know, put forth during the Trump uh, era that they talked about, you know, everyone should be able to worship there uh, respectfully. And so we know this is coming and we have scripture to back it up. That's exciting. Yeah, I know, right? It's exciting time. So It's exciting because it's not there yet. Right. So when it does happen, we'll be able to point to Scripture and say, this is what we've been talking about. Absolutely. Here it is happening. What are you waiting on? Right. Let's get on board. Yeah. Um, do we want to hit these Scriptures now? Or um, Yeah, do we have time? Oh. Sure, let's read the Scriptures. Let's All right, Revelation 11, starting in verse 1, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, And the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Yeah, so in that scripture right there, Vince, we see that there's going to be a temple, there's going to be an altar, there's going to be people worshiping there. So this is a form of worship that that sacrifice that they're wanting to make on the Temple Mount tomorrow, uh, that's biblical. That's coming in the future. And it could be the very near future. But there's going to be a sharing arrangement there. And when we get into the article in a minute, we'll show some pictures and show where we believe 
that's going to take place. So we've got some, you know, pretty exciting stuff to talk about today. Second Thessalonians 2 is the next one. Do we have enough time? If I do it quickly. Do it quick. Let's do it. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he is God, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Yeah, so there's another one that shows us there's going to be a physical temple there and the Antichrist will make his appearance there. All right, we'll talk about this and more and whether or not Christians need this temple to be built on the other side of the break. We'll see you there. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash Ukraine or 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and end of the age plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877 End time 877-363-8463. What we talk about today will be directed by your calls, and we do have a call. i just give you a warning before we go to it. This is a subject that is uh, highly sensitive. Some people get pretty worked up about it. It's about pre- versus post-tribulation. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in detail about whether Christians will go through the tribulation. Before we go there, though, we do want to share this story about what's coming for the Passover lamb on the Temple Mount um, so we will be getting to those calls, but I just want to give you a heads up. We've got some serious business to talk about here in a little bit, Doug, that nobody gets upset about. But nonetheless, open lines 877-363-8463. Israel today is reporting the time has come to sacrifice the Passover lamb on the Temple Mount. It says Israel is under attack. Terrorists are coming out of their 
Lairs murdering Jews all across Israel. We cannot wait any longer. Now we must sacrifice the Passover lamb on the Temple Mount where the Holy of Holies still stands to put an end to the terror and make peace with the Most High God. Mm-hmm. Pretty bold language there. Yeah. This is an actual appeal now spreading around the country by a Jewish movement called Back to the Temple Mount, calling for the sacrifice of a Passover lamb on the Temple Mount on Passover Eve this Friday night as the Sabbath begins April 15th. So it's April 15th there now. I believe they're nine hours ahead of us Mm -hmm. past midnight. They are now in April 15th. We are there when they're calling for this to happen. This is pretty crazy, Doug. Yeah. This movement is asking Jews, Jewish people, excuse me, to do everything possible to make the Passover sacrifice on the Jewish Temple Mount, on the very spot where the Holy of Holies once stood 2,000 years ago. The group says that this is the only way to gain God's favor and protection for the Jewish people from the plague of terror now hitting Israel, just like when God passed over the children of Israel in Egypt on the first Passover Eve. But making a sacrifice on the Temple Mount is not going to be easy. Mm. You and I have been there, Doug. Yeah. They won't let you in if you're wearing shorts. <laughs> right. They won't let you in if too much of your back is showing or too much of your arms is showing. Yeah. Or if you have a lamb in your backpack. Right. You are not get into the Temple Mount. Yeah. I, I was actually there. A lady had a, a skirt on. And it was, I guess, somewhere around her knees. Can you imagine this happening in America? <laughs> it would be outrage. No. <laughs> they made her put a trash bag around her legs to cover up her legs because her shirt, they said her skirt was too short. Mm-hmm. And so she had to put a trash bag around her legs to even get through the checkpoint. So to smuggle a lamb in there is yeah. not going to be easy. They're looking at everything. Yeah. They don't just let you walk in there with a backpack. So they no. check everything. Absolutely. So for a Jew to even go up to the Temple Mount, let alone while Muslims are at the same time celebrating their holy days of Ramadan, Mm -hmm. is not simple. But a Jew going up and sacrificing a live lamb on the Temple Mount at a time when Ramadan and the Jewish Passover collide, that by itself would be a miracle and perhaps a sign of the coming Messiah, they're saying. Yeah. The organized understand the risk involved in getting a lamb up to the Temple Mount and making a sacrifice. So they are offering financial incentives. Check this out, Doug. <laughs> this makes me almost want to go over there and right? give it a try. Anyone arrested while attempting to the, attempting this will receive $125. Just getting arrested for trying. Anyone arrested with a lamb will receive $250. And should anyone succeed in offering a Passover sacrifice on the temple mount that person will be rewarded $3,125. Since it's nearly impossible at any time to smuggle a lamb through one of the security entrances in the Western Wall Square, let alone for a Jew to bring one up to the heavily guarded Temple Mount during Ramadan, the price for the third option is much higher. Hamas and Islamic Jihad are sending out militant warnings saying that Jews plan to storm Alaska Mosque on April 15th, tomorrow, today for them. Yeah. The eve of the Passover meal. All roads point to trouble with Passover, Ramadan, recent terror attacks across the country, and Israeli security forces aggressively hunting down hostile militants in Arab and Palestinian towns, all coinciding. 
Ramadan is always a time of increased tension in Israel, but this year colliding with Passover and bloody terror, terror attacks on everyone's mind, it looks like a perfect storm is brewing for the Jewish holidays. Yeah, so we, we have a couple of pictures. Let's look at that for a second because we see the Temple Mount in these pictures. We also see what they believe is the holiest of holies. So there's a view of the Temple Mount. You see the Dome of the Rock there. And if you're looking at it from, uh, if you're looking at a screen right now, I know a lot of people are listening on the radio, but to the left of that Dome of the Rock, there's a big empty space right there. And that's where many believe that they could put the Jewish temple, the third temple could be built in that area right there. And they even believe, you can't see it real good in this picture, but there's a smaller dome that's right there. It's called the Dome of the Spirits. And if we can see that picture, we'll show you what that looks like. So right there is where a lot of people believe is the holiest of holies or where it would have been uh, originally. And so I remember when we were there, Vince, a few years ago, and uh, Pastor Baxter stood there in the middle of that and had to whisper it because we didn't want any of the Arab people that were up there, uh, you know, the the Muslim waf that control that area and, and patrol it. We didn't want them to hear what was going on. But he stood there and said, now this is where a lot of archaeologists believe is the holiest of holies. That's where they would have to get, Vince, with this lamb in order to sacrifice this lamb there and in the holiest of holies or where they believe it to be. So... From there, those checkpoints that they're talking about are way down at the bottom of the base of the mountain down there, the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. down close to where the Wailing Wall is. Uh, and you have to go through those checkpoints to even get up there. You couldn't even take a Bible with you up there when I went. You couldn't have a Bible in a backpack. They, they looked not. through your backpack if you had a backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I've told you before, we had a guy on our tour that got down and kissed the ground when we got up on the Temple Mount, and they about come unglued because he was doing that. Now imagine somebody trying to get through there with uh, a lamb. And and when you say they about come unglued, I don't, real, I don't know if people realize there are men, soldiers walking around up there with machine guns around their neck. Yeah. Hand on, ready <laughs> on the trigger. Yeah. And if you go bowing down looking like you might be praying, yeah, you can they are trouble. not... Um, they are not scared to use whatever force to remove you. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. So, I mean, the chances of this happening uh, are are not real good at this point, especially with the uh, with the Arabs calling, you know, for people to be watching out because they're saying the Jewish people are going to storm the Al Aqsa Mosque. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what this is about, but of course they're getting everybody upset. But remember, a year ago, no one could pray up there, but we've seen Jewish people now allowed to pray there. So we're starting to see things become a little bit more laxed. And I think that's why we see this article and this challenge to people. And of course we know that we don't, we don't need a temple on that Temple Mount anymore. We don't need uh, sacrificial uh, lambs to sacrifice because we know Jesus died for our sins, you know, one time for all time. So we don't need all that. Uh, but it's very interesting that they're talking about doing this because that we just see that we are closer to this prophecy being fulfilled um, than perhaps we've been uh, just last year even. Uh, we have seen them in the past come up and do uh, mock 
sacrifices close to the Temple Mount, but never issuing a challenge to do it on the Temple Mount. So this is kind of a big thing. So you just said, as Christians, we don't need a temple to be on the Temple Mount. Right. What, because Jesus died for our sins. Right. And therefore, that's no longer necessary. Absolutely. However, yeah, the prophecies say there's going to be one. And basically, there has to be one before the second coming. That's in God's word. Yep. That there would be a temple where the Antichrist stands and proclaims to be the Messiah that they've been looking for. Absolutely. So, would it be safe to say we actually do need a temple? Well, I mean... Without that, Jesus, his second coming... Eventually, there will be there one there, but me, personally, as a Christian, uh, you know, I could die of old age before Jesus comes back. So, you know, I mean, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't need a temple to be there to forgive my sins. Jesus did that. Yes. And so that's what I'm saying when I say that, is that... Uh, my sins are forgiven. I've been washed in the in the blood of the Lamb, you know. And so uh, because of that, I don't need this anymore. And the Bible tells us that our bodies are that temple now, that, that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us uh, the way the Holy Spirit would have dwelt in that holiest of holies uh, during that time uh, when they had the Ark of the Covenant. And God's Spirit would come and rest on that Ark of the Covenant on the mercy seat. Well, we don't need that anymore. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that now... Because of what Jesus did for us, we have the assurity of having that holiest of holies. Uh, because every time we get in the Spirit with the Lord, we're in that place. We're in the holiest of holies where the presence of God is dwelling. And that's inside our temple. And so, anyway, uh, we have a lot of scripture if we needed to back that up with anything. But we've got some people filling up our phones, too. So We sure do. And we are going to be talking about... Um, the Great Tribulation, pre-trib, post-trib, as he calls about that, the Antichrist and the Abomination of Desolation. So now is a great time to share this video on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're watching or listening. Be sure to share. Uh, hit the heart icon. It helps get the word out. Um, like it, subscribe, do all those things. Um, we're going to be talking about some things that a lot of people don't talk about or they don't talk about in a conversation setting. They just give their opinion and that's all you got. And so we're going to be talking about things that, that your friends and family need to hear. Um, and it's all based on what you're calling in and, and, and asking. So be sure to share, help get the word out. Before we get to those topics, um, we do have a question about the third temple here. So let's go to Jim in the truck. Jim, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, gentlemen. How's it going? God bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you. It's going well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, I was standing at the Dome of the Spirits on the last tour that Irvin took with uh, Dave and everybody. It was great. And um, I just wanted to mention, it's like, you're saying that the Jewish people feel that if they put the new temple where the holiest of holies is, that's, that's going to protect them from God. But God's already going to protect them. He said, you know, at this point now, you, you know, you, you're going to be left without me, but then he is going to save, all Israel shall be saved. But it was just an amazing time to go there. But I like what Irvin said, and I just wanted to ask you about this, if you guys are still of that camp, is that when they do build the third temple, because, you know, we went and saw all the artifacts for the temple. We saw, you know, the faithful of the Temple Mount that built everything, and it was an exciting time. I could actually see through the veil where they had the the reconstructed, uh, what do you call it, the... uh, 
Ten Commandments, the, well, they keep the Ten Commandments. Ark the, of the uh, Covenant. Holiest, the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, but it's not the original. Right. But it was pretty amazing. But no, there are, uh, it's going to be an interesting time because now, of course, we're going to see maybe the false prophet in the Antichrist because it says that he's going to call down fire from heaven, the false prophet. Now, they're going to expect false, uh, the spy to fall from heaven. So what do you think about that? Are you guys still in that camp? Yes, we. I mean, we are. We we know that scriptural, so we're going to be in that camp. But you're you're right, Jim. I mean, the uh, the Temple Institute there, they've got everything that they need to go inside of the temple. Uh, they've had that ready for quite some time, and so they're prepared, even with that replica of the Ark of the Covenant. But yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I believe that it'll be like when Solomon. Uh, when when the first temple was dedicated to God and the fire came down uh, from heaven and burned up the offering there. And, and I believe that that's, the devil's going to try to replicate that with the false prophet and with the Antichrist standing there. And it could, it could happen, uh, you know, like you're saying, to where it's something that could uh, fool even the Jewish people that are there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I find it quite, I think it's pretty exciting because, you know, at, at the time of Solomon's temple, I mean, they were all level. They, were, they couldn't even stand up. The power of God came in, and when the Shekinah glory showed up, they were just, they couldn't do anything. They, were, they had no power at all. Only God had power, but mm-hmm. it's just amazing how this is going to happen if, if it plays out like that. And then we know at that point there, we're going to see the two witnesses show up. So this is starting to get exciting. But <laughs> Amen, Jim. It it's just, it, it's so, I'm just like, I, I talk about it, I get goose, goosebumps, you know, I love it because yeah. uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I just want to see it. And the Jewish people, they, they want the protection. They want God back in their life, but they, they're so separate. And when I was there, I was speaking at one of the hotels with different people. And some of them would, you know, we have liberals, and Republicans and Democrats here, and they got the same thing going on over there. So it's just, it's a hodgepodge, a mixed batch of people, and they don't really like each other either. So I just hope, you know, we know that all Israel shall be safe, but it's going to get quite interesting. And anyway, God bless you guys. Thanks for letting me come on up. You have a blessed day. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. You know, Doug, if only there were some red heifers being... (laughs) Right. Uh, raised right now. It, it just so happens what there's 22 of them. Over We've there got now? some shows on that. We've got some articles on that. Go yeah. check it out at endtime.com. Uh, we're getting a lot more calls now. Uh, there are a few lines open though. Uh, so if you want to get in on the show, you better call now while there's some open lines. The number to join us is 877 time 877 I will remind you, we have a brand new lesson available today for pre-order Go to endtime.com slash future to watch our two-minute trailer there. Um, It's something that you'll want to get. It's available for a donation of any amount this month only, and it ships in May. So go to endtime.com slash future and check that out. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, Veiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Special edition of Open Line. We're doing it on Thursday because we'll be closed tomorrow for Good Friday. And uh, it won't be a live show, so we're doing Open Line today. I do want to mention I referenced the Red Heifer article um, and some videos that we have. You can go to endtime.com. There's a tab up in the top that says Magazine. If you hover over that, a uh, sub-menu item called Articles End Time Magazine is there. You can click it. The very first article there is Red Heifer and the Third Temple. So go to endtime.com and under Magazine, click the Articles link, and you will see Dave's article, Red Heifer and the Third Temple. There's also a video there, so go check that out if you're interested in more. It's also in the last edition of End Time Magazine. If you want print, you can call us for that at 800 End Time. Well, Doug, we better get to the lines here. We've got um, no available lines, so we better get to it so other people can join us. Let's go to David in North Carolina. David, welcome to End of the Age. Uh, hello, guys. How are you doing? I just want to say that there's a gentleman that keeps calling and says you guys are beautiful. Uh, if I was getting paid, I'd want my money back. I'm just playing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Joe. I am. But listen, I do have a serious question because I have friends that we're all on different ends of the spectrum, but we're all friends. It's where how that works in, the, in, in God's kingdom. Um, I have a friend who doesn't believe that there's going to be rapture. I have a friend who believes in a pre-trib, and I myself believe in post-trib. But in my, my studies today, and, and I want to clarify, I've only been saved for a year and some odd months. Um, but in my studying today, uh, well, yesterday in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter, chapter, chapter 2, verse 7, it says that, uh, oh, man, let me find it here. Oh. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the Verse 8, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of, of his coming. So uh, my friend that is pre-trib, and, and uh, I, I was raised pre-trib. I have a mom who is, I believe, a saved, but she's a pre-trib. Um, they, they, they use that as one of the scriptures to say that, that is the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, i.e. the rapture happens, uh, then uh, the lawless one is revealed, the Antichrist, and then, that, that, then the, the coming of Jesus to defeat him is what will happen after that. Your, your thoughts, sir? Sir, sir. Well, David, okay, so 
Here's the thing. We believe that the scripture right before that, verse 6, tells us what holds that back. And it's the time clock of God. It's God that's withholding that until it's time for him to be revealed. Because it says in the verse just before that, it says, And now we know what withholdeth that he might be revealed at his time. And so we believe that that's the time clock of God that holds everything together until it's time for him to be revealed. Uh, If you look at the scriptures before that, when you look at verse one through four, you see there that the subject that Paul is talking about is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering unto him. And so that's the subject of what we're talking about. And he says that that can't happen until that man of sin is revealed uh, when he when he sets in the temple calling himself God. And uh, that is the abomination of desolation. And so when we right. look when we look at that in Matthew 24, you look at the abomination and desolation. It tells us in uh, verse 15 through 21 that that event causes the great tribulation. And then it says in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon shall not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and then they shall see the sign of the son of man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. He'll send his angels together as elect. So the Lord tells us that it's going to be immediately after the tribulation of those days. When the Antichrist is revealed, that's what triggers uh, the great tribulation. And so, well, and to, go ahead. I was going to say, to be clear, I, uh, I, I, I agree with you guys. I took it into the whole context. The only reason I only gave you that one verse is because I know we're, you guys are kind of short on time. So my original question was actually going to do with one through and I also think verse 8 and 9 have a lot to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in taking the whole chapter uh, in, into context. I don't believe in like cherry-picking verses and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, just one more thing to think about, David, and, and to ask your friends when you're talking about this. If the Holy Spirit's removed during that time, then that means no one could be saved during the time of the tribulation. We know that's not true because in Revelation 7, it tells us that this great multitude are those who come out of the great tribulation. And so there's going to be people that are saved during that period. And then plus you've got two of the most uh, holy men of God that's walked the earth since Jesus that are going to be ministering during that time. The two witnesses, how are they going to operate if there's no Holy Ghost? And so it, it can't be the Holy Ghost. That's true. David, are you already on End of the Age Plus? I, I am. So here's the thing. I have four kids and a wife, so we have to pick our bills very carefully. So, <laughs> well, I tell uh, you I what. Go, we're going to put you on hold. Give Sherry your email address. We're going to gift you with a year of End of the Age Plus. We have a lesson on there. We have a lot about the rapture and the tri- tri- tribulation, of course. But we have a specific lesson on there called When Will the Rapture Happen? And I know you already know all about this, but at the end of that lesson, Dave and Irvin do a Q&A where we ask questions that a lot of people ask us about the timing of the rapture and the tribulation. Um, you know, it'll be there for you if you'd like to watch it, but we'll still gift you with a year of that. And uh, you can get on there and, and binge and watch it as much as you like. <laughs> I know with four kids, it'll be uh, a little hard to do, but it'll be there for you nonetheless. <laughs> I'll definitely, I, I will binge watch it. You have my word, but I appreciate it, guys. You guys are a blessing. Thanks, David. I, I Stay on hold. We'll get your email and get you hooked up with that. All right, let's go to Angela in Louisiana. Angela, welcome to End of the, End of the Age. 
Oh, hello. How are y'all doing today? We are well. How are you? Good. I enjoy um, listening to you and Doug um, very much, but I um, wanted you to know that. Thank you. Um, we, I've listened to Brother Baxter and, uh, you know, been to some of his conferences. And anyway, he, he's greatly missed. And my question, I had a couple of questions. Um, first of all, I, I don't understand why the good Lord allowed <laughs> President Trump to be put in office. And it's like the United States of America was, uh, it, I hate, you know, nothing. it wasn't perfect, but it was wonderful compared to what has happened now. And so last night I was just thinking about that. Why would the Lord allow, um, like, President Trump to be placed in, then to be removed, and then within a matter of over a year, our nation has been turned upside down. I, I don't understand. Do, do you have any answers? Boy, I wish I did. You know how many times I start a sentence with, I don't know why the Lord would, and then I <laughs> just can't figure it out. Um, though I would say in regards to who the president of the, is, of the United States is, um, regardless of when that is, Jesus is much bigger than any president king, political party, doesn't matter what it is. Jesus' kingdom is advancing in the world. We are experiencing revival. There are people all around the world being born again um, in, free, in the free parts of the world and in places like China and Iraq and Iran. So, um, you know, we're much more concerned about God's kingdom advancing and, of course, his word, you know, uh, being taught and, and, and developing, prophecies developing. So, um, you know, stuff like this happens all the time. It's happened all throughout history, and everything works out. All things work together for the good, and so um, it is what it is. This is just how life works, right? I guess, but um, <laughs> I have one more, I guess. But anyway, yeah, I just feel like everything happens for for a reason, mm-hmm. and it just—I just didn't know if you guys, you know, had any thoughts on that. But I think you answered that, and uh, it is what it is. My other thing is um, when I used to listen to Brother Baxter um, a whole lot, and it seemed as if he never said that we would not go through stuff. I'm not saying that ever, um, but it seems as if we're under—are we going to be under more of a tyranny than maybe what we had? we are things have changed so quickly um is is the united states do you think that we are going to get a direct hit of a nuke and just your thoughts on it and i know that being saved is the most essential um, i'm baptized in jesus name i've been raised this way my whole life and i was very very thankful for my family but i just i guess i've got grandbabies now and i'm just kind of wondering because it seems like there's kind of more than what I thought was going to happen to the United States, and I feel like it's just beginning. Yeah. Well, Angela, I, I believe that we have judgment coming on this country. We're, we're not a righteous country. And even though, uh, you know, like when Abraham and God had their uh, back and forth about, you know, 50 righteous, then 40, then 30, then it came down to 10 righteous men, uh, if he could find 10, he would save Sodom and Gomorrah. I think that we have much more than 10 righteous people uh, in this nation, but we would still come under some type of judgment. I, I just can't see us getting out of that. Uh, if there 
in, in the Six Trumpet War, if there's nuclear war involved like we believe there is, I do believe that we uh, would take some kind of, of hit. Uh, but I also know that we are uh, in the scriptures as the great wings of the eagle, helping Israel during the time of the Great Tribulation. So it means we're going to be here. We're not going to be part of that one world government, even though right now this regime that we're under is pushing us closer and closer to that. I, I feel that God may be waking us up in this nation, that he let us see what it's like to be moving closer to what prophecy says. And now that's been yanked out from under us and it's waking people up. Sometimes God has to knock us down to get our attention. One of the things about a shepherd is a shepherd has a hook and he has a rod. And the hook is to gently pull a lamb back over and get them on track and get them back in the herd. And that rod is to smack you between the ears to get your attention. And uh, you keep getting off path, sometimes you're going to get smacked between the ears with that rod. Now, I, I say it like that to, to say this. God is trying to get our attention, I believe. And I believe that, and I believe this with all my heart, Angela, that if we would do what the Bible tells us to do in Second Chronicles Chapter 7, there is scripture there that pertains to things that we've dealt with in the past two years. It says in verse 13 of Second Chronicles 7, If I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, this is the key, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. If we would do this as a nation, if we would really start doing that, humble ourselves, get on our face and seek God and ask Him to save this land, I believe that Jesus will hear our prayers and He'll get us back in the right direction in this nation. Okay, right. I agree. I agree. Yes. All right. Angela, we're coming up on a break, so we do have to let you go. Thank you so much for your call. Um, Doug, I will throw in here real quick that, you know, sometimes we've been accused of being Trump lovers and such. It wasn't that we loved Trump. It was that he was anti-world government. He made that very clear. And we have believed and taught that we don't believe America will be under the control of the Antichrist. And so when we start seeing candidates that are anti-world government, and we've been teaching in the end time, America won't be under control of the Antichrist. Well, that looks like we'll have a leader that is not in favor of world government. So it wasn't that it was Donald Trump. It was that he was saying things that align with what we believe prophecy is saying, and that's exciting to us. So if his name is Trump or whatever else you want to put in there, we're going to get excited if they are saying things that the Bible has to say without knowing it. All right, we'll be getting back to the calls. 877-END-TIME is the number to join us. We'll be right back after these breaks. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
we survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll get right back to the phones. Let's go to Greg in Alabama. Greg, welcome to End of the Age. Good evening. How are you doing? We're well. How are you, sir? Good, good. Um, my question is about um, the Antichrist, the abomination of desolation. Um, for him to... Um, to walk up in the temple and um, stop the sacrifice and all that. That's going to be kind of a big deal. So, um, do y'all believe that uh, he would do that by force or people will actually believe he's um, Messiah? That's a good question. I, I don't know. It's kind of, I, I think, because we don't have scripture that really tells us that, Vince. Um, he may just be a person that's a leader that's going to be there for that. Uh, particular time, like just worshiping himself up there on the mountaintop, and and they just, uh, you know, when it's time for him to be revealed, they just step up, and that's when I really do believe that the false prophet will pull the fire down from the sky, and that'll get everybody's attention. And then whoever he points to as the Messiah, uh, a lot of people will believe it at that time. Uh, I I don't think that we're going to see anything by force until we get to the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, around that time when that begins to happen because that's when he'll come back uh, when he's being rejected by the Jewish people and they will not uh, separate Jerusalem and give over Jerusalem because Zechariah 14 tells us that that's what that war is all about. That war is going to be focused on Jerusalem and Israel controls that until up to that battle. So I think that that's when we'll see those forces but we may see a lot of world leaders go to that Temple Mount when that uh, begins, when they begin to to have Jewish worship there, and uh, he would probably just be there in peace. You know, they say that the that he comes in peace, and then you know, sudden destruction is going to come. So uh, he'll be a peaceful person, it'll seem, and then this will happen. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I just kind of always wonder about that because, I mean, you just don't, you're not going to be able to walk up in the temple and, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> do what you want to do. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, that's one of the things they've talked about, too, is they've talked about opening it up uh, to allow everyone to respectfully worship there. And so it's going to give it a different look than it's got right now. It, it will still probably be uh, guarded to some extent. But uh, I think that once that peace treaty happens and we see that sharing of that Temple Mount, it's going to be a new lease for that area, and people are going to flock there because it's going to be different than it's ever been before. Okay, okay. Well, that um, clarified it up for me. I certainly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. God bless you. Let's go to Kev in Louisiana. Kev, welcome to End of the Age. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. How you doing? Well, how are you, sir? 
Well, well, well. Listen, I've got a question. Somebody posed this to me about the temple. They said um, if the rebuilt temple uh, would in it uh, have activities like sacrificing of lambs and uh, presentation of uh, drink offerings, meat offerings, etc., if if those uh, were to occur, and those being essentially uh, Israel saying to God, "Here's what we think of Jesus," you know, "Here's what we think of your your son," you know, we're we're, we're still looking for the Messiah. Um, that would be blasphemous, uh, as we would all agree. So, how could Paul, or how could God inspire Paul? to call this the, quote, temple of God, when in that building such blasphemous, you know, essentially it's a collective middle finger in the face of God saying, here's what we think of your Messiah. You know, we're sacrificing a lamb here. So that's the, that was their question. Why would God inspire Paul to call that the, quote, temple of God in Second Thessalonians if such a building would have that kind of thing going on? Well, Kev, I believe that it has to do with the fact that they are still uh, living under the law. And because the Bible tells us that if we're not born again, we're living under the law. And they believe that that this is what they must do. And they're seeking God as the the only way that they know how to seek him. And yes, they they denied Jesus. But the Bible also tells us that Israel is going to be saved through this. Uh, There's going to be the two witnesses on the scene. There's going to be... You know, uh, the 144,000 that are come from each tribe of Israel during that time, there's going to be a lot going on. But the fact that right now they do the best that they can do to worship God, the only way they know how to do it. And I believe that because that spot on that mountain has always been called uh, where God wrote his name and it's always been God's mountain and, and the temples that have been up there have always been God's temple, and that's why Paul calls it that. Were they trying to refer to the fact that they believe that that was that that's already happened, and that that's already been fulfilled? So you think that the Antichrist is going to sit in this building, and yet God still calls it the temple of God? Well, that's what the Jewish people are going to believe it is: is the temple of God. I, I thought Israel was those who belong to Christ. Isn't that what Paul says in Galatians three twenty nine? If you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's descendant? Well, yeah, but the, the Jewish line is also part of God. That's why it says that they'll be saved. There's going to be Jews that are going to be saved. But Revelation right, so, so 11... Does, does Israel belong to Christ? They will belong to Christ. They're God's people. Oh, okay. The, the thing is, is that Revelation 11, 1 and 2 tells us that there's going to be a, a temple built there. So that hasn't been fulfilled yet. So when you start getting into, you know, believing that that was already fulfilled and Paul was talking about that, if you take that for what he said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, then that means Jesus has already come back. And so that can't be. So what we're looking at is we're looking at a future event, and that's what, that's what it's talking about. John was, was told to measure a temple that didn't exist but leave out the outer court because it's going to be given to the Gentiles. That's exactly what we're seeing happen right now. Right. You know, it's interesting that um, the early church fathers said that the restrainer 
was the Roman Empire. What the, they weren't the uh, the restrainer wasn't the Holy Spirit or the Church or God or any of that. And they said that's why Paul didn't mention the Roman Empire. Like you know, that's why Paul didn't say when the Roman Empire is taken out of the way, then shall that great wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the Spirit of mouth. They said the reason why Paul didn't write that, but simply alluded to what he had said earlier in person to the Thessalonians was because if such a letter would have fallen into the wrong hand, uh, they would they would have wiped out Christianity as an you know as as an insurrectionist movement. Um, but the early church fathers, all of them, who aren't too far removed from Paul's day, all said that Paul was talking about the restrainer as being the Roman Empire, not not some agent of holiness. Because if you look in history, when the Roman Empire fell there was a man of sin who, who sat inside over the, the temple of the church. There was a man of sin who arose and did the, some of the most wickedest things. You could read about it in Fox's Book of Martyrs, how over the, the Dark Ages, Christians were just slaughtered left, yeah. right, and center. Yeah, you're right. This, uh, man of sin. You're absolutely right. But the, the key to it is Jesus has not come back yet. The rapture hasn't happened. The gathering together with Jesus in the air has not happened. We're not in the thousand-year millennial reign right now. I, I believe you're correct. Yes, yes sir. All well, right, Kev, thank you for your call. We've got other calls we need to get to. We appreciate you calling in and giving your perspective. God bless you. Let's go to Arden in California. Arden, welcome to End of the Age. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, I just keep hearing this phrase that all Israel will be saved during the tribulation. And do you guys believe that? And if you do, why? Well, the the Bible tells us in, in Romans that that's going to happen, that all Israel will be saved. But it also tells us in uh, the book of uh, Zechariah, chapter 13, that only a third is going to make it through the fire. Well, when those people are there at the end, of the Battle of Armageddon, when Jesus comes out and stands on the Temple Mount uh, or on the Mount of Olives, they're going to know that that's their Messiah. They're going to realize. And it says in uh, Zechariah 13 that they'll look on him and they'll see his pierced hands and his pierced feet and they'll say, where did you receive these wounds? And he'll say, in the house of my friends. And that's when they'll realize that Jesus is their Messiah. Those people will be some of those that live into the millennial reign. They won't make it in the rapture. There's going to be the Jewish people that that turn to Jesus during that time, the 144,000 and the great multitude that Revelation 7 talks about. But those people that recognize Jesus at the time he comes back, they're going to live into the millennial reign. And it tells us that that's going to be a third of that. Well, that's, that's kind of interesting well, my problem is that in Romans also it tells us not Israel is all is Israel, and that you know they the ones that are counted for the seed are the ones that abide in the faith. And my problem has always been to say, and you have kind of clarified that all Israel will be saved. My problem is is you know I know you believe the church in Israel will exist at the same time during the tribulation. My my problem is, is I I think that you know there is no other way outside of um, Jesus Christ's blood atoning blood, um, and I, I how do the how do the Israelites get a part of that without being a part of an apostolic salvation? 
Well, right. That's that's where I believe like the 144,000 come in. But even even people who are survivors of the nations that come against Israel in Zechariah 14, there's going to be survivors of that battle. And they're going to live into the millennial reign. And it tells us in the Bible that if they don't go up and worship the Lord at the Feast of Tabernacles year after year, their land won't receive rain. And so there's going to be people that are going to live into that time that will not perish at that battle of Armageddon. And apparently they have not taken the mark of the beast. And those people will will have a choice to worship God. And whatever dispensation that's set up during that time is what those Jewish remnant and, and the remnant of those nations that came against Israel, they'll have a dispensation and they'll have to follow that dispensation to be saved during that time. Okay, just one, one last comment. I believe in Hebrews it says that thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I believe it also says a little bit later that with the changing of the priesthood, there's a changing of the law. Now, my problem is, since Jesus is a priest forever, the law is never going to change. The, the law of salvation, the law of redemption, it can't get any better. How do you get better than God himself becoming a lamb? How do you get better than him being your high priest? You know, all the wonderful things that we enjoy in salvation. And so my problem is, how can, there, how can that not be the vehicle which all humanity, no matter what dispensation they live in, is going to find their their redemption. Well, during the millennial reign, our, the the grace period will be over with with uh, the rapture when we're raptured up, and Jesus will actually reign there in Jerusalem with the people. So even though right now we have the Holy Spirit that dwells with us, then God's going to be dwelling there in the land, and they'll have something set up. I mean it. I'm not saying that it's better than grace, but I'm saying that they'll actually be able to be back with Jesus, but it will be Jesus, the reigning king at that point, and not the the lamb that came to, to suffer and die for their sins. He'll be the conquering king at that point. Thank you for your call, Arden. We are out of time, uh, so sorry to cut you off. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central. Don't forget to check out our brand new lesson, The Future According to Bible Prophecy, at endtime.com slash future. Also go to watch.endtime.com to watch all our videos on demand. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.